This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Hey, Spilled Milk listeners. This is host Molly here recording all by herself because Matthew's out of town. And what I wanted to say is that we love having great advertisers support our show. But in order to keep doing that, we need your help. And here's what we need. Please go to Podserve survey.com slash milk and take a quick anonymous survey that'll help us get to know you better and help our advertisers know what you're into and how great you are. So even if you think you've done this before, this new survey is different and I really would love for you to take it and help us out. Plus, once you've completed it, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash M-I-L-K. Thanks again for your help. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about polenta. Yes, and we have some some steaming bowls of polenta right in front of us. Mine isn't steaming. Oh. Oh, I can see you're steaming them. Maybe I just need to hold mine up to the window. It's a little thick, I guess. Oh, I like it like this. Mm -hmm. I do too. You know, I want it that way. (laughs) Oh, no. Now I'm going to have that stuck in my head. Oh, my God. I can't even remember. Oh, I know. I was reading the blog Awful Library Books, which is um, a blog by two librarians where they they show um, books from their library and sent in by uh, mm. um, by readers, like books they've weeded that are that are just uh, funny in some way. Like you know, they have a crazy '70s cover or like an unintentionally double entendre title or or whatever, um, or like you know, they're just like stupidly racist or sexist you know in some way. Wait, wait, hold on, just a minute. I was just thinking, like. Oh, sorry. My my dog just. Um, uh, let me take off her collar. Okay. She's, she's making noises. Aren't you afraid she'll escape? <laughs> Terrified that she'll just bust through your front door and leave a dog shaped outline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. What I was just thinking is, I have recently found some great books through friends' recommendations. Do you think that we could have some sort of? I mean, I know that's surprising. <laughs> but do you think that we could have some sort of a like occasional? Like recurring, like book talk. Okay, on sure. Milk. Do you think anyone would find that interesting or funny? 
No. Okay. Um, maybe we should make it a bonus episode and, and inflict that on our subscribers oh, who, who seem to let us get away with anything. Cool. Abby, would you please note that we want to do that for a bonus episode? Okay. Okay. Um, okay so go on. So on, regrettable library books. Uh, one of the librarians on uh, Awful Library Books, which is a great blog, just Google Awful Library Books, um, recently uh, mentioned the Eddie Murphy song, Boogie in Your Butt. Do you remember this? I have no memory of okay. this. Okay. Well, you are so lucky because I had not thought about it since the 80s and and, you know, it was a novelty song from the 80s. Um, and was it like during the like coming to America era? Yeah, I think so. Maybe a little earlier. No, nah, probably around then. Anyway. What was the other movie that he did around that time where there was like a little boy who was like going to be an emperor? Or the something? Golden Child. The Golden Child. Yep. Yeah. I'm I sure it was around that era. Anyway, the song went like, boogie in your butt, got the boogie in your butt. Uh, it was incredibly stupid and super catchy, and like and now it's been stuck in my head for several days. So uh, thanks a lot. Well, I want it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm going to Tell keep... me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a mistake. Well, so this is where we are. <laughs> and, you know, little little known fact, trying to segue desperately here into the topic of the show. Um, wait, wait, was that Backstreet Boys? or That was Backstreet Boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do I know any members of Backstreet Boys? I feel like mm. I can name several members Justin of NSYNC. Justin Timberlake, right? No, NSYNC. Timberlake, oh, uh, Joey Fatone, boy. some other guys were NSYNC. I can't name a single Backstreet Boy. I know, hmm. as usual, we have listeners who are, who are screaming at their telephones. <laughs> So, yeah, so we want it this way. Did you, um, to, uh, let's let's get on memory lane quick. Okay. Uh, did you eat polenta as a kid? I remember when polenta kind of, like, got popular in the 90s. It was the 90s, right? Sure. It was, it was around the era of, like, um, goat cheese, sun-dried tomatoes. Well, that was 80s. Goat cheese and sun-dried tomatoes was, was 80s. Um, I, I think, well, when when did Northern Italian food have its moment? Because I feel like there was... A, I feel like, for some reason, I'm thinking I was in middle school. Like, because my friend Jennifer had a crush on this guy named Todd. Okay. Shout out to Todd Blaisdell. I'm really trying to figure out how this is going to tie into Italian food. And Todd worked at a, like, a Northern Italian restaurant called uh, Portobello. Wait, how old was Todd. Todd was two years older than me, okay. and Jennifer was two years older than me. So this probably would have been when I was in eighth grade. So I was fourteen. This was like nineteen ninety three. So so Todd was like sixteen, working at an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to be ageist, but I don't think I want. I mean, <laughs> did they keep him in the back so so he couldn't bother customers? He was like a busser. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know. I feel like. Northern, or at least Northern Italian cuisine became popular in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma sure. in the early 90s. And I feel like maybe everything takes a little longer to reach the middle of the country. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, um, so my memories of polenta, you know, date back to around that time. In my mind, I always associate it with like a big pile of uh, mushrooms on top. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And uh, and like grana or parmesan. Yeah, I, I think of it as always being topped with something. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if we made it at home or not. I do actually, I do remember going through a period in high school. So my, my parents often made ratatouille. Sure. And I remember on nights when my parents would go out, I would often have ratatouille and like a fried egg on top of... This was as a child? Yeah. I mean, as a teenager. Okay. Um, my parents would go out, so I would eat, be eating dinner by myself, and my parents would have made ratatouille. It would be in the fridge, and I would like 
take some slices from a tube of polenta uh-huh. and oh. like microwave them to warm them up and put ratatouille on top of them and like a fried egg on top of you that. You know what I would have on nights like that? <laughs> Hot pockets. <laughs> or like Gino's pizza rolls. Well, I'm pretty sure that I also, I mean, this was when I was, I don't know. Things got, no, no, I, things I, got pretty classy by the time I was a teenager. When I was a kid, I I, when I was a kid, I was having like hot dog omelets that my dad would make me before my parents went out or Stouffer's turkey tetrazzini. Oh, wow. Or that, Tony's microwave pizza. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Celeste for one. Um, <laughs> that's that's really what I was having. Celeste for one. But I mean it figuratively. I, I had Celeste for one last yeah. night. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, try to figure out what I'm saying. I, I don't know. You mentioned the the plastic tube of polenta. Did you know that that is technically that packaging is called a chub? No, is that is it always a chub? I I don't know. Maybe not after you take the polenta out and it deflates. No, no but like I'm talking about like so when you know when you buy bulk pork sausage like Jimmy yep. Dean brand is That's that also chub. a chub? Yep, that that like uh, sort of like big pill shape. It's like, kind of a blimp. Yeah, it's like a blimp or like a big Tylenol. <laughs> and it and it's you know it, it soothes your it soothes your aches in the same way. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Well, let's let's uh, since you mentioned it, let's talk some more about that, uh, that polenta chub because I buy that sometimes. Wait, you didn't go down memory lane. Oh, I don't think I ever ate polenta as a child. I mean, maybe I did. I it didn't. I I sort of knew what it was. I think, but I don't think I ever ate it. Okay. It seems it seems well, odd. clearly I did enough eating for both of us. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, let's talk about chubs. Let's talk chub, about chubs. Chub, 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 chub. That's what that's what you chant when someone's like squeezing one of those directly into their mouth on a dare, on like like as a hazing ritual. Yeah, that's what we did at all the the uh, sleepovers I had growing up. <laughs> oh yes. Um. Anyway. Uh, so you would slice it and and microwave it. I will I will still buy that sometimes uh, and slice it and pan fry it. I think like, that's like probably it. that's probably what I would do now. I think it would probably taste better. It's really good. It gets crispy. It takes longer than I think every time. It's like at least five minutes per side. You know how the, it's it, like there's something weird. There's always like a little bit of moisture. Oh yes, in, yes, in the, I know exactly in what you the, mean. Inside the plastic sleeve of of the chub, yes, that's always a little like unnerving to it, me. I completely agree. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking, about. and the whole thing comes out kind of slippery. Yeah, it like, like it really slides out. I mean, you, you know, could really chub, 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 chub. You chub. really could. You would probably choke to death. <laughs> um, you know, you know what but it reminds what me of. A way to go. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> death by death by chub. Um. <laughs> Do you remember those water weenies? This yeah. was also big eighty we've things. Ta- we've talked about okay. these before. Good. That uh, isn't that kind of like how did those, how did those bit, work? You know, um, foreskin technology. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They repurposed. You know how, like sometimes uh, you'll see a commercial where they're like, "We took a, a principle found in nature and turned it into this product." Yes. That's, That's what those That's exactly wet weenie it. things are. Wet willies or whatever they were called. They're just totally just just a penis with foreskin. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> I would. Great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so so I'll slice it for breakfast, especially. Um, talking about polenta again now. Um, like, you know, slice it, saute it five minutes per side, still talking about polenta. Um, and, <laughs> and then what do you do with it? Um, just, like, eat it. 
Well, but do you like put an egg on top of it, or I'll, I'll serve it like as a as a side, the way you would hash hash browns, like oh, that's to go a good with, idea. Like, with some scrambled eggs or a sausage link or something. Cool. Okay, I like that it's idea. It's really satisfyingly crispy, and I of bet course, it's good. do you ever drizzle a little bit of maple syrup on yes, it? Yes, I have. Oh, that oh, sounds it's good. really good. Um, and you know, it's uh, I I don't know if if uh. Could you take the polenta out of the chub and like somehow reconstitute it into soft polenta, or is that not possible? I, I've never tried it. I've I never don't tried think. it either. I, I don't think that it's like uh, a, a stated use of it, like um, on the packaging. You think it's an off-label use? Maybe. I mean, I think that you would really have to do some serious pulverizing because. I think it's just going to want to kind of break into weird shards and lumps. But maybe if you add some water and heat it, I don't know. I probably, like many of our listeners, do this all the time. They're like, what are they talking about? Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, listeners. And also, I feel like you just suggested you you implied that I was not ready to do some serious pulverizing. You're not ready. I am always ready to do some serious pulverizing. (laughs) I'm wearing a tank top. I'm getting getting jacked. (laughs) Um, Okay. I've been, I've been, uh, Pounding chubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, so, so you you put on you put on the agenda uh, what polenta is really coarse cornmeal, right? And is this uh, <laughs> I can't read anymore. <laughs> <laughs> is there a difference between polenta and coarse cornmeal? Yeah, because like I often buy Bob's Red Mill brand cornmeal, and they sell two different products. One is coarse cornmeal. Well, they sell all different grind sizes of cornmeal, yes. and then they also sell polenta. Is that just repackaged? Here's what I think the like, difference is. Okay. Polenta to me indicates coarse cornmeal that has been ground and then has the non-coarse bits strained out. So it's kind of relatively evenly sized coarse bits. Whereas if you get the Bob's Red Mill coarse cornmeal, it has like a variety of sizes yeah, of, of bits it's because it's stone ground. parts. I think the conventional wisdom, and I don't know if this is true, is that the small bits make polenta gummy. Hmm. But Makes sense. I don't know. I haven't tried. I haven't like done a side by side test. I've never. I've never had a gummy polenta problem. I don't think I've ever had a gummy polenta. I feel like it's like one of those. Uh, I feel like it's like one of those urban legends. Like you know, like don't like, <laughs> like don't like, like, like Bigfoot. Like, you know, no, like like don't stir your pancake batter more than twelve times, or it'll get tough. Like I remember watching Mark Bittman do a video for the New York Times in which he was sort of demonstrating his like basic pancake recipe 12 times and he was like do not stir it more than 12 times it's okay to leave lumps in there they'll work themselves out like don't you'll you'll make tough pancakes i have never had a tough pancake i think that like you really would have to like beat it with an electric mixer to make pancake batter tough and what if those lumps don't work themselves out what if they don't i've had that where where you uh... i'm i'm tender in the morning don't present me with a lumpy pancake like yeah what are you doing like i have you ever had that like i'm I'm being dead serious now where you like put stick your fork into a pancake and there's like a flowery like nodule. No, because clearly I have been stirring mine more than 12 times. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I think that gummy polenta is maybe like that. Like okay. you would really have to mess up like egregiously to have it be gummy is, it, is my hypothesis. Is it a legend akin to the gummy bears from the gummy bears cartoon? I never saw the gummy bears cartoon. Oh, it's great. Uh, it had a very memorable theme song. Have we talked before about Gem, the cartoon Gem, and how uh, it, how truly at the, outrageous at the end of the you know the opening 
music montage thing. There's a kiss with like rays of light, and like I always found that kiss like so like. No, hot. I don't remember this at all. But I bet Isn't we can. Is there a kiss? Um, I swear you see like two lips meet. No, no, I haven't <laughs> seen the show. And then rays of light. <laughs> I'm not denying this. Okay. Um, I, I think no, I want to watch that now. It sounds really hot. Um, I'm sure we can find it on YouTube. <laughs> okay. I liked how you uh, you didn't let me sing the Gummy Bears theme song, oh, and yeah, probably that was just as well. Okay, let's let's move right along. Hey, listeners, it's co-host Molly here, and it's just you and me today to talk about third love bras. That's right. Matthew is not here to giggle or blush or do any of those silly things he does when I talk about my breasts. So let's talk about them. Did you know that the average woman changes bra sizes an average of six times in her life? That's why finding the perfect fitting bra can make all the difference, even though it's tough. Thankfully, third love bras, and I can tell you this myself because I'm wearing one right now, these bras were developed using thousands of real women's measurements and it pays off. Their bras range in size from double A to G and they even come in half sizes. So no matter what your body's like, no matter what your boobs are like, no matter where you are, Third Love will find you and they will fit you well. So with Third Love's Fit Finder, which you can find online, uh, just takes like 30 seconds to do it. You can hop on there, find out which size and style is best for your body. Then, then you can take advantage of this amazing offer. They stand behind their products so much that they're willing to let our listeners try a bra from their 24-7 collection for free. Just pay $2.99 for shipping. After 30 days, if you like it, keep it. If you don't like it, send it back within that 30-day window. Send it back for free, and you won't be charged a thing. So go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to get started today. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. You've talked about when you use chubs. I haven't used chubs in a long time. Um, do you make soft polenta too? Because I must say- Did you go say, through some sort of Chubbs 12-step program? <laughs> this this, uh, this polenta you made for us today, soft polenta, yep. was really delicious. Thank Is you. Is this something you do often? Very often. It's uh, it's a frequent pick of the week in my house. Uh, everybody loves uh, stuff served on polenta around here, because mm-hmm. what's not to like? And years ago, I think it was in one of the uh, best best rec- best American recipes collections back when they were doing that. Like, was that from like Cooks Illustrated or something? No, it was it was like in the same kind of series as like you know best American short stories, oh. best American comics, yes. best American travel writing, yes. best American writing about Bigfoot. Um, so in one of them, that it was had, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, best American uh, writing by big, wait, there were, there were a couple of like Is jokes. Is Bigfoot American or do you think he ever, <laughs> do you think that he ever crosses the border into Canada? I think Bigfoot is a patriotic American. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, he he crosses. He's, he's like he claims to be a patriotic American, but he goes into Canada to get his prescription drugs. <laughs> don't we all? Um, so anyway, in one of those, there was a uh, polenta um, technique that I think was uh, suggested by Paula Wolfert, in which all you do is you mix some polenta, water, butter, and salt in a saucepan. You stick it in an oven. Preferably your oven, uncovered. <laughs> you, uncovered, yes, okay. For for like uh, about an hour, 
um, and stir it once during that time, and it comes out beautiful every time. Question: Does the water, when you're initially like putting the cornmeal in, it, et cetera, does the water is the water boiling? No, nope. the, the water is room temperature or cold. It's amazing. Why it's, isn't this recipe like famous? Because people f- polenta is famously like time I know. consuming, and, and I used to make it annoying that way. to make. I would I would do the like you know stir it till your arm falls off in a pot on the burner. I did a double boiler method a couple times. I do yeah. generally this double boiler. Zuni Cafe method where you, um, after it's cooked, you uh, you basically let it sit for a while with a lid on it uh-huh. and the grains sort of absorb even more liquid. I'd be curious to do this side by side with your Paula Wolfert method. Yeah, this is good, right? This is really good. Yeah, I think I think once you try this, you will not go back to any other method. Can, I- we, can we post the recipe on our website? Uh, no, it's secret. Yes, we can. Okay. Um, we can also, we'll also link to the Zuni Cafe recipe and uh, maybe our listener, maybe we have some listeners who've done both. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, and they can, and they they can, can settle in. it for us. Yes. Because God forbid we should have to make two batches of polenta. <laughs> maybe at once we could ourselves. just get listeners to take care of everything for us and we wouldn't even have to come in. Oh, terrific. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm listener. Uh, I can't think of a name. Uh, I was the only name that came to mind was Morticia. What? Like Morticia from the Adams Family. Yeah, we don't have any listeners named Morticia. How do you know? Oh, we maybe a, we do. We have a bunch of listeners. Is Not there all anybody of them have, named Morticia. I don't think so, other okay. than on the Adams Family. But I okay. If you're listening to the show and your name is Morticia, please get in touch immediately. Okay. Uh, so, so, you know, have you ever seen, I feel like in Italy, Bigfoot? Yes, in Italy, or I feel like I have heard tell of these sort of polenta dinners where there's like a big board, like a big old cutting board. Oh, I thought you meant like and a, you like make a commission. soft polenta, <laughs> you make like soft polenta and pour it out on the board. Uh-huh. And then what happens? <laughs> And everybody scoops some of it up with their hands because you're doing a scooping with hands motion. <laughs> no, I mean with a with a spoon. Uh, like listeners, could you weigh in on this? I feel like I've heard about this as like a traditional serving method, but I don't understand why you wouldn't just serve it out of a bowl. I've I've heard because that sometimes they use a really big board and then everyone just fucks on it. Have you heard this? <laughs> Wait, before or after you've eaten all the polenta? I was thinking you just like get in the polenta and like you just like, you know, you get a mouthful here and there. I don't know. It would sound. (laughs) I'm just thinking of how I'd get the polenta out of me. (laughs) I think you would need to wear some sort of protection. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you always should, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you serve on polenta all, all of these frequent times that you're making it at home? Okay, here's my uh, most favorite thing to serve on polenta. Like, I'll serve any... <laughs> Your box. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or, or, or that of a loved one, or, just, <laughs> or even just a liked one. Um, yeah. Okay, so any kind of stew or, or sauce. I think that was very specific, right? <laughs> great, um, thanks. So like like a, a ragu bolognese. I was going to say bolognese might um, be great. And I, so so when I eat it, oh, so. No, oh, oh. Yes, yes, Molly, you, you, you there. <laughs> will you also post your bolognese recipe? The, 
I know we've talked about this before. I have tried multiple bolognese recipes, and I am still not happy. Um, my favorite one that I've made was uh, Kenji Lopez Alts, which has uh, it's got like tons of umami boosters. Does it have like gelatin? No, does it? Have, it it's might. Got something, it's it got has something weird. Pureed chicken livers in it. It oh, has fish God. sauce. Yeah, now in it. I remember why I haven't made it. It was totally just... worth it. It made a huge amount. Pureeing the chicken livers was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You do it with raw chicken livers, yeah. right? Yeah, I've done it before when making pate, and it, I have. I, my mom is for some reason totally like has a very sanguine approach to dealing with raw chicken livers. Uh-huh. She's like really good at it. I think I would just have to have my mom come over. Oh, for sure. a little while. That makes hold, sense. Hold my hand yeah. or hold the chicken livers. <laughs> Here, <laughs> mom, welcome. Here's this. Here's this handful of raw chicken livers. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, we can post a link to that recipe. I've also made one from Cooks Illustrated that is much uh, simpler where you, you it's like beef, pork, and veal, like meatloaf mix, they call it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing air quotes here. My mom talks about meatloaf mix, okay. too. Yeah. yeah I, just in general, she just loves to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, I haven't seen you in days. Have you had any meatloaf mix? <laughs> No, my mom uses meatloaf mix in her meatloaf. And, and Where does she get it? Because so I feel like it's hard to find around So here. when I was growing up, she used to buy it at Crescent Market, which was this neighborhood I've grocery store. I've looked for it there. I go to Oklahoma to, and <laughs> to even, get meatloaf even mix. there. Um, you know, the other day when mom wanted to make some meatloaf, we happened to be grocery shopping together. And <laughs> yeah. she went to Ballard Market and she wound up buying like a pound each of pork veal and beef and like just freezing like half of it yeah uh, and i figure if you're going to make a bolognese sauce which we should do a whole bolognese sauce episode right then i can make some of the chicken liver one i can give you some please and And then i'll see if it's really worth it to me right and i'll be like your mom if you should make a ton because it freezes well and it's kind of labor intensive to make anyway so that's good on polenta okay okay but here's my most favorite thing which i still haven't gotten to okay um have you ever had a uh, brasato in Barolo, which I'm like, my accent is terrible, but it's uh, like an Italian pot cooked, roast. Some, yeah, something cooked in wine, red yeah, wine. Yeah, so it is basically a beef chuck roast cooked in a whole bottle of red wine and some aromatics. This sounds incredible. Why haven't you made this for me? I don't know. Like, what have you done for me? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Lately, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, just <laughs> different songs. Just what have you done for me in general? <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. Like, you should be keeping a list. We it, Maybe a listener a should be keeping you. a list. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> um, and and a list of things that, that you said, why haven't you made me that? And I said, okay, I'll make you that. Okay. Okay, so you serve bolognese, your uh, beef in, in red wine. Yeah, so you reduce the sauce. So it's this really rich uh, red wine braising liquid. God, this sounds and you ideal. Slice, you slice the meat, but it's like, you know, falls apart when you slice it. And now, Will you also link to that recipe? Sure. I think it's online. I, it's, it's in a Cook's Illustrated book that I have around here. But okay. yeah. Okay. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's very simple. Okay. Um, when you have like a sauce on polenta, do you stir the sauce in no. or do you like, okay, because my daughter always stirs the sauce in, which I think is really gross. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, the the one thing that I have, so so a recipe that I have really um, enjoyed making recently is an otolenghi recipe mm-hmm. uh, for what he calls sweet corn polenta. You actually don't use cornmeal at all. You use frozen or, or fresh corn kernels. I'm and wondering you if puree them. Otolenghi is a is a 
like urban legend like Bigfoot. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> talks about Otolenghi, but who's actually seen him? Anyway, um, so it's basically a whole different animal, but also made from corn. <laughs> whole different animal, not a Sasquatch. <laughs> Shut up. And then you make basically this eggplant sauce that goes on it. And um, it's very chunky. It's 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 more of just sort of like cooked mushy eggplant than it is a sauce. Sounds good. But anyway, that is delicious. I'm sure we can find a way to link to that online. Uh, but you know, that is the only time I think that I have ever put a sauce on polenta. Most of the time when I make polenta, I, I make that Zuni Cafe recipe, mm-hmm. and then I just like put like butter and parmesan on it and just oh eat, yeah, eat it while moaning. Oh, that's that's great. Do you do you put butter and parmesan in it also, or do you want your polenta to be as plain as possible? No, the butter goes in it too, and I I don't think parmesan does, but I think I know for sure butter goes in it. This one I served today, I put butter and a little parmesan in the polenta. It was great. It, but I mean, it's good to have it on top too because then you get like more of it touching your tongue, as think, as our friend Dan Pashman would say. Gosh, now that we talk about polenta, I'm thinking about all kinds of things like you know, sort of if what if you had like a kind of a wide shallow bowl you had some soft polenta in there put like a sausage on top mm. uh man that would just be so good maybe some so- like braised escarole or something oh, yeah. or you could do a breakfast version with sausage links on top and some drizzle of maple syrup oh this sounds great you're i i feel like uh, i should open a restaurant yeah yes number one i feel like you just like morphed into lynn norzetto casper minus <laughs> God, the voice this is my dream this is what i've always wanted to be <laughs> i thought your dream was just to have the voice that too okay um um what about cheese do you like like strictly parmesan how do you feel about blue cheese blue like, cheese and polenta is great i've never had it but there's something inherently kind of off-putting to me about blue cheese in things i, I like eating blue cheese but i don't want like blue cheese cream no, sauce on my gnocchi I, you know what i mean well i have no no problem with blue cheese cream sauce on my gnocchi so in that sense i don't know what you mean but i don't want it stirred into my polenta i want it like crumbled on top hmm um, Again, you should make this for me. Okay. What was, oh, cheddar. I put cheddar in polenta all the time, and it's great. Oh, that makes it kind of like a grits Kind of like a grits. I mean, is there really much of a difference between no. polenta and grits? I don't think so. No, no. Um, but yeah, and it's amazing, like, how much cheese you can put in polenta. It's like, you can put in a ridiculous amount, it's like and it's great. It's a black hole for cheese. It is a black hole of cheese. Yeah. Thanks again to Third Love for sponsoring today's episode of Spilled Milk. As you know, dear listener, I love my Third Love bra, and I'm wearing it right now as I record this. Can you hear the confidence in my voice that I am gaining from my Third Love bra? Can you? I think it's because Third Love bras fit so well, probably because they were developed using thousands of real women's measurements, and they range in size from double A to G, including half cup sizes. You can also try their bras for free for 30 days, paying just $2.99 for shipping. That's any bra from the 24-7 collection. So go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to get started today. Is there anything else we need to say about polenta? I doubt it. Do you think there's anybody in the world named polenta? Um, probably. Probably Morticia's sister. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay. Well, you can find uh, the recipes we've mentioned today, or at least you know uh, some of them, on our website, and that's spilledmilkpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk, and uh, you can tell... Oh, wait. 
Is it spilled milk? No, it's Facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. podcast yeah. Yep. Have I been saying that wrong for weeks? And no, I just, no, okay, I think no, you, no. I think you're just today. It's Facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast, uh, where you can tell us um, what happens at the end of the uh, opening sequence for Jim. <laughs> yeah, um, please. please. Uh, and oh, who was in Backstreet Boys? Exactly. I knew there was something. And also, I don't know, maybe what you like. Oh, may, how about your favorite bolognese recipe? Oh, yeah. And is Odolenghi real? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh, and a Sasquatch American. <laughs> oh, come on. Everybody knows Sasquatch is American. Okay, I, fine. You know what? Sasquatch is probably actually Ted Nugent. I mean, he's hairy. He lives in, he, like, hangs out in the backwoods. Yeah, probably. Oh, grunts I just, a lot. I think of him being more lovable than Ted Nugent. Pretty I suppose. Much, you're pretty right. Pretty much like a garbage can is more lovable than Ted Nugent, you're right? You're thinking of the movie, yes. You're thinking of the movie Harry and the Hendersons, yes, aren't you? Yes, okay. I am. I remember going to see that as a kid. Yeah, me too. We'll, we'll probably link to that, too. Okay. Uh, and until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The the podcast that where at least half of us will come help you with your chicken livers? <laughs> That's catchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a comedic genius. I'm Matthew Hepster Burton. I'm a comedic genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Molly Wise. Bye. Okay, polenta's in the oven. Polenta's out of the oven. I'm just gonna. It, it's it's my new. Uh, it's like the hokey pokey. Polenta's yep. in the. Um, well, I can't remember the tune. To, you put the polenta in, you put polenta out, you put you polenta in, in and you, you shake it all about, about and then you, you have to clean the oven. <laughs> oh. Okay. 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 Um, I'm ready. Great. Here we go. Um, something ain't right. Hey, here. how do I sound? Um, I think good. Boom. Shaka laka laka. All right. Oh, wait, actually, um, I'm peeking right there. Cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's like that when it's like 50 degrees, that's when I really don't know how to dress. Yeah, it's weird. It's like you're like, "Oh, it's not as cold as it was last week when it was 34 degrees, but it's still cold." Yeah, so I went out this morning in Bermuda shorts and uh, <laughs> Yeah, you did. And a and a tank top. And uh, I looked fine. God, I love it when you wear a tank top. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever worn a tank top in my entire life. Oh, Is right. that way weird? To make, way to make a liar out of me. No, I think that that's kind of a good thing for a Is guy. It? Let's be honest. I mean, I, I don't even want to see like some sort of m- like muscly like surfer dude really in a tank top. Um, I don't know. It's just not my thing. No, I want to see him out of a tank top. <laughs> um, okay, uh, you want to do a show? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>